Welcome back to this film not rated, a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network, where we try not to rate what we watch this week while talking full spoilers. We're going to be making some changes to the show in season three. There's a bit of a competition here where we try not to earn points, and at the end of the season, the person with the fewest points wins. We mostly say that for the gauntlet for now, at the end of every episode, and we are having a big gauntlet this episode but we'll get there the real reason we're here the simple reason we're here is just to talk about movies we like and movies we watch so curtis what did i watch this week uh i watched a good bit of things the ones i want to talk about the most right now are uh lake mungo and uh citizen kane really i was going to talk a bit about the eternals uh but really the only thing i have to say about the eternals is I don't understand people. So Eternals gets a 5.6 out of 10 average review. Off Rotten Tomatoes, right? Mm, Something like that, yeah. X-Men Origins Wolverine gets 5.1 out of 10. No. Same. Almost the same. That's what people are saying. (laughs) That's ridiculous, but okay. The average audience score for X-Men Origins Wolverine, 3.4 out of 5. The average audience score for Eternals, 4 out of 5. Higher, significantly higher. Okay, I'll give you that. But um, I don't know. I just, for people, people just confuse me because they just say whatever they're thinking at the time, regardless of what they mean, then react impulsively to proving statistics right. People want to be acknowledged, so they go with mass opinion, I guess. But it's it sounds like all, all, all these people are coming out with these opinions at, at the same time, so it's hard to say it might be that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't understand. Um, I don't understand how people are like, yeah, we'll make Marvel movies, then one of the biggest franchises of all time. But then we'll complain a lot about how they're all, uh, they're overly humorous and try and be too smart. And everyone picks at the trailer for Spider-Man saying that they're laughing at the name Otto Octavius because they're trying to point out that stuff was dumb and they should take themselves more seriously. Well, you got it. A movie that was made not just on a bunch of different sound stages that seems to have zero consequence from scene to scene. Like you got a movie that had a lot of heart and a lot of care and it, even like at places that it's not relatable, it's because the actors are being super genuine to the idea of characters that live forever. Uh, it's my first time, my first time watching Lake Lake Mungo. I, I heard about it from you and Gibran. I heard about it from a friend Gibran, but then I also loosely heard about it from Chris Stuckman. Now you can't just like casually bring up that we're going to talk about Lake Mungo because. So many people still don't know what it is. Lake Mungo is a movie that is, what is it, Australian? It is Australian. Yes. And was released as a part of an eight pack in the late 2000s slash early 20s, I think 2008 or nine. It, it, was, it was released in, in 2008, had a budget of 1.7 million Australian at the time would have been 1.5 million US. And it was released in an eight pack of horror movies thoughtlessly on a, on DVD that you could either rent from Blockbuster or just, you know. All I knew about Lake Mungo when I was going into this was that it was a horror movie 
And that was it. I didn't know anything about the directing style, how the approach they would take to telling this particular story. Which is a documentary. I, honestly, you really need to go into this blind. I really think people need to skip this section if they if they haven't seen Lake yeah. Mungo, which so many people haven't. And that's the hard part about talking about yeah. it. No, but yeah, it's it shot in a documentary style. And had I gone into this completely blind without being uh, spoiled that that it is, in fact, a fake story, I would have believed this was an actual thing that happened at about the halfway point. Yep. Like a, around the time that it's revealed that that. that well, real quick, before you do that. Lake Mungo is about a girl drowned in a river. A family is grieving. It's on Amazon Prime, but I think right now you have to pay to watch it. Uh, it's also on Tubi for free with trailer with with uh, commercials. Okay, so that's where you can go see it. And then the point where you re- you thought this would have been real was when you it, when when it was revealed that that the brother of the sister that died was inserting images of her into photos and videos to kind of like bring his family back to reality or or like give some sort of hope. Just kind of like uh, ultimately, Lake Mungo, it, at least for me, is it, it is a story about grieving and and coping with uh, tr- with a uh, traumatic loss. On the daughter side, it's 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 about isolation. The depression, loneliness, and and the idea of not being seen, of being invisible to the world. The idea of her seeing her death at Lake Mungo through her phone and seeing yeah, what she would look like. I keep having this gut reaction. Died. No, don't tell him that. Like, I keep having this gut reaction. I'm like, no, save it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it It's so, it's so for reference, this director. Yeah, I think his name is Joel something. I can't remember his name. Not done anything since. Disappeared. Seriously, wow. This guy was able to throw in a trope of let's bring a psychic into the house the way they kind of do in Paranormal Activity. Yeah. And you know, that in, even in Paranormal Activity, it just feels like activity. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like a, a horror movie trope. Whereas in this, it's used as a device. And it also just feels so real and natural why the daughter would be interacting with her, why, like what her role is in the overarching, arcing, whatever story. The, the most hard hitting section for me in, in, in this movie, it, it comes out at the very end when you get to see the final session of the mother with the psychiatrist and you have her tape overlapping with the daughter's final session. Mm-hmm. And they're experiencing the same thing, except the mother can't see the daughter, but the daughter can see the mother. And it, it leads, it, it lends credence to the idea of, of she never really saw her daughter for who she was. And that is mm-hmm. a very depressing and, and, and lonely thing. And like, those are the entire feelings that I get from watching this particular film. That's the line between something being a scary movie and a horrific movie, a movie about horror. Yeah. Horror, 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 horror. <laughs> yeah, the fear of, what are your real social social boundaries with people? Mm-hmm. What are they hiding from you? Are they really safe ever? Are you really safe ever? <laughs> it's just a dreaded, inevitable onslaught of tragedy, which sounds so fun, I imagine, for people listening. <laughs> no, it's just such a, a well-told story that you're willing to... Yeah trudge your way through these horrific concepts with almost the morbid interest of a serial killer documentary yes and because of that you will take in stuff that normally you would just like be like oh this is a movie it's fake and wash it over your back Mm -hmm. but you can't yeah and 
a lot of that goes to the acting because there are there aren't there are not characters in this movie there are people yeah and that's i think that that's another thing that 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 uh, comes with the documentary style is just how natural all the actors felt giving the interviews it just felt like any other interview mm-hmm. and if any one of those actors became famous the whole movie would feel different oh 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 yeah for for uh sure the I, it takes a lot of uh talent i i think to give that kind of pro- pro- performance because like with the dad he didn't show it but you could feel a lot of underlying resentment towards the neighbor who he thought that he could trust you could see uh the fear and and, and anger in the mother and in in the brother like they didn't show it emotionally but something about their eyes and, and the way that they were moving their 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 bodies like like just like little ticks gave me a sense of that and that's not easy to pull off but yeah uh there are a lot of reasons why i would go b- back to watch saint 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 mungo uh lake mungo yeah uh i said saint mungo i don't, I don't know <laughs> how you can mix that up like it is the lake <laughs> lake mungo Either way, there are, there are a lot of reasons why I, why I would go back to this movie. Uh, not in any short reason. The the uh, how how well ec- executed the the tone and the writing is. My thing about this movie is um, it feels like it ha- it has two rides that are both nerve wracking for completely different reasons. The first time, it's because you are thrown so far out of your comfort and safety zone that you don't know whether or not you can even trust the movie, which would inspire you to watch it a second time in order to look for the reasons why you were freaked out in the first place and then be confirmed, yes, you should have been freaked out in the first place. So I'm really glad I got to see this next movie in, in, in theaters, Bell. It's uh, the new Mamoru Hosoda movie. The guy who, who called did... What? Uh, it's called Bell. Bell. Yes. Uh, the director is the guy who did Summer Wars. Uh, uh, me, oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to fit a whole Shannon, Shannon anime season into one movie. This one's a whole shoujo anime. Uh, Ironically <laughs> proving how much of a problem fluff episodes are in Shonen anime. Well, this one's like, like I me, just... <laughs> this one's just, like I said, a, a whole shoujo put into one, one movie, I think. Uh, Bell is basically his rendition of Beauty and the Beast. Which is a big reason why I wanted to go see it. It involves an internet world again because he likes his internet world for some reason, and the idea of this one is is uh, you, which is the name of this new uh, world, allows you to have a new start in a new world. the The biggest thing that uh, Bell does for Beauty and the Beast is it is it flips the notion of ugly on the inside and pretty on the outside and turns it around, where the Beast is misshapen due to physical emotional trauma in the real world and that being transferred into the digital one based on his biometrics you get this uh, overarching theme of authority being used to, to press down on this one particular character who it's it, it's it's revealed in the movie that it's just like a, a kid a 15 14 year old uh, and in the real world the authority figure is his, is his dad who is abusing and mistreating him and his brother. And in the digital world, it's this randomly self-appointed justice group that's trying to take out anything that looks like it could cause disorder in the digital world. The idea of this person can't get away from authority in the real or the digital world leads to the idea that, that he is trapped emotionally no matter where he goes. 
the main character, uh, Suzu, who takes the shape of, of Belle, has lost her mother, and that's caused her pain and to, to the point where she can't sing anymore, and singing is her passion. So going into this digital world, she can sing again, and she finds overnight she, she's an internet sensation. It's, it's kind of like the cover-up of identity that, that gives her the confidence to be able to, to do that again. But it is it is gorgeously animated, and I I, I like Mamoru Hosoda's style of, of of animation. the The digital world, as opposed to his other renditions of the internet, is in full CCG, which kind of like gives uh, which 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 kind of leans towards the the idea of of uh, separation, but between the uh, two worlds, uh, visually. Dun, 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 dun. Curtis is going to go through the gauntlet with the Citizen Kane of movies. It's just literally Citizen Kane. <laughs> uh, so Curtis, is Citizen Kane good or bad? So right from the beginning, I, I see Citizen Kane's influence on cinema after its release. Be- be- because of News on the March and uh, how that, that that's edited and, and how it's been parodied throughout uh, film history since Citizen Kane's release. So it's been an influence on other movies. So does that make it a good movie or a bad movie? It makes it a movie. Okay. What was your favorite scene? You know the sequence where uh, where 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 uh, Charles Foster Kane has just been taken away from his family, and it goes through his adult life and how he got the uh, the uh, the uh, newspaper, and he's kind of like shoving his ideals into the old man in, in, into his his foster father's uh face really like that sequence <laughs> i saw that going uh, what would you what would you edit out of citizen kane everything in citizen kane has a purpose whether it's it's uh leading towards uh how kane was in in the past and and how it reflects on his future how certain events shape who he is it's it's so tightly written that taking out something would ultimately take away from the film itself. I feel like because I know you, the tone that you're using could be something subjective, but the words you're using are objective, so you pass that. Um, <laughs> best actor in the movie and worst actor in the movie. Just hit the damn buzzer. The best actor is 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 quite clearly uh, uh, Orson Welles. Like the, the, the amount of, of emotions and, 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 and com- complexity that, that he gives to Charles Foster Kane throughout everything. It's, they, 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 they said this on, on Red Letter Media with, with, with the Star Wars reviews. It's, it's exactly what you would want Anakin Skywalker to be, the idealistic young man that grows up to be uh, uh, corrupted by his own wealth and greed. It's exactly Anakin Skywalker what he should have been. And it's portrayed a mm-hmm. lot more clearly in Citizen Kane by Orson Welles. Worst actor. Uh, there are so many footnotes to the movie that, there, uh, act, that, that actors just come and go almost on a whim. It's, it's, it's hard to pick a worst because there are so many that, that are in the film for a short period of time that it, it, it's hard to judge their impact on it. Maybe it's also Orson Welles. I don't know. Do you believe him as much as an old man as you do the idealistic young Kane? Less so, but I do. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, so uh, I was going to say, uh, give your favorite quote from the movie because that's question five. Mm-hmm. 
And if you have one, you can, but as an alternative, you can tell me what is Rosebud? There are two answers to that one. There's multiple answers to that one. So in the in the literal sense, Rose Rosebud is 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 his is is the sled that he had when he was a kid. What it actually is in the nice. movies sense, to my understanding, is his innocence. And when it gets burned in the f- you could have given the objective one and you could have come back to it later, but you whatever. Go ahead. It, it, Rosebud the sled rep- represents his innocence and the loss of it when he was taken away from his family at a young age. And it's represented at the end of the film when the sled is literally burned in, in, in a furnace. And it's the last thing that, that he says in his life. He, he's lamenting the loss of his childhood, his innocence. That's how I read it. What is the movie missing? What would you add to it? it? It may extend the film longer than it needs to be, but I probably would have put in a bit more of the idea of separation between him and his first wife, because really all you get there is like a bunch of like quick shots showing his personality change throughout the ages at the dinner table that starts, if, if I remember right, starts off with them close together and it ends with a long table to, to illustrate mm-hmm. the separation between the two. And that's the most you get from their separation. I would like to have seen more of that. So what did you enjoy from the story? The story is kind of like a, a, a tale of morality. The difference being that, that, that the lesson d- uh, sinks in too late. And it's ultimately a, a, a tale of, 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 of tragedy instead of hope. Uh, like, like, uh, like Charles Foster Kane is, for, for me, a, 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 a direct parallel to a Scrooge where, where you have a idealistic guy who goes from rags to riches, who gives up his, his uh, own morality for, for the sake of uh, money. And that's, that, that, that is portrayed throughout the uh, movie. The, the, the big difference between Scrooge and Charles Foster Kane is Scrooge died af- after he reclaimed that uh, youthful vigor of a, of a, his childhood and in Citizen Kane, he dies without reclaiming it. So what you enjoyed from this story are the parallels between uh, Charles Foster Kane and Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. Okay. Did you learn anything about making movies from watching Citizen Kane? Well, I'm, I'll, I'll just go with uh, always keep in mind the space you're using because space is used to a great extent in this to uh damn it space is used in this movie to portray emotional distance as well as uh, uh many other things but uh, yeah as well like, yeah contrasting uh, yeah like, yeah so yeah uh use but yeah uh, so basically just just don't don't undermine your use of space essentially what would make you watch citizen kane second time what would make you watch citizen kane a second time what why would i go back to watch it again um A lot of reasons uh the way it's 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 edited uh it's 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 a good movie to uh, go back it's like if, if 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 i wanted to ha- uh, learn a little bit more about editing and, and pacing i'd go back to this i I'd, I'd go back to this 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 movie to uh, get a good idea on, on how to do that because at its score this is a slice of life movie which is one of my favorite kind of things to watch and uh 
pacing and slice of life is is one of the most important things that you could do for for uh, either a show or a movie like like that. So I'd go back. I'd go back to it for that. Uh, lighting. How is it a slice of life when it's the whole cake? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> it's literally it's literally from like a from, biopic, from, a fictional biopic. It's, like it's literally from from crib to cradle. But it's also a mystery. Yeah, it's a lot of things. But uh, oh, you mean wait, wait? I know what you're talking about. Crib to cradle, but a crib and a cradle are both baby things. You're uh, cradle to the grave. Cradle to the grave. No, I cradle guess. to the grave is a Jet Li movie. <laughs> what is that? What is that term? Viewers, please respond and tell us what the hell we're not. What is that? All I'm saying. It, 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 it goes from 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 youth to his death. It, 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 it's yeah. like you said, it's the whole thing. It's just a, a, a highly enjoyable movie that uh, it gets across that 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 uh, morality tale that I like in movies so much. I think it's a rip off of Wolf of Wall Street, but whatever. While having a somber ending, and which I'm also a fan of, so mm. it's, it's kind of like a mix of everything that I am into. Would Nicolas Cage have made Citizen Kane better? It would depend on the mood that Nicolas Cage was in at the time and what movies he did before this. Because if, if, if Nicolas Cage, the, the only character I can see him playing in this movie would be Charles, Fa- would be Charles Foster Kane. So mm-hmm. if, he, if, if he takes the role seriously, I can easily see him in that role. If he doesn't and he goes vampire's kiss all over it, it will not. It, it, it would be, it would be a completely different thing and something that I don't think that I would watch. See, I and so you're free from the gauntlet. Uh, although you do get one more point because you know you gave an opinion, but whatever. whatever. So, all right, I don't want to see them try and remake Citizen Kane because mm-hmm. what's it's the same thing as how they just made the Matrix Resurrections. It's like all you can do is sort of talk up the idea of being original you can't suddenly be original anymore because you're you you're a sequel right you've been done but i like to see a movie called citizen kane starring vampires kiss uh uh nicholas cage Cage, because of the absurdity of of i think the modern day spark of a will to just like do whatever you think you want to do and leave whatever in the dust and not care as much about the consequences. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a modern era of consequence culture. And yet at the same time, people living life so fast because they have to, because of the internet that you miss 90% of life. Okay. And yeah. I, I think, I think everyone now, actually has the ability to be a Charles Foster Kane. Well, I mean, we don't have the ability to suddenly make fortunes overnight and have it like disappear and disintegrate or whatever, but like there is a different way to take the piss out of the concept that there was some purity or some sort of like freedom in, in childhood Mm -hmm. and have somebody grow up and, and be like, you know, uh, I'm going to rule the world with my newspaper magnate and power and everybody is going to come see my wife. And if nobody comes to see my wife, it's still going to be the greatest show that was ever put on. And she's going to do it for 20 years on Broadway. And it's only ever going to be no tickets sold because it's just going to be me in the audience every night. And if anyone interrupts me, I'll murder them. Like I would love to see Nicolas Cage pull that off. Imagine 
her singing and crying because it's like the second year of performing every night Mm -hmm. and him Mm -hmm. dancing back and forth in front of her, both fingers (laughs) thrusted at the ceiling, like rocking out and head banging to just her singing in the theater. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah. Uh, Like the actual fall of, 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 of Charles Foster Kane, like the, the goes from like him going from for, for the people to for myself was, it kind of almost exemplified in in, in in the idea that the only reason why he let his wife stop singing is because she tried to commit suicide because she was tired of singing and and even then he it's, it's and, and even then he, he he didn't learn the lesson because when she was leaving him for the, for the final time it's you can't do this to me he's still thinking about himself during that time which is the ultimate thing that made her leave that room yeah but you know uh, with with the with the with the whole snowball thing like when, when you first meet his, his second wife the snowball is on screen in the corner and it, it's almost like like the camera wants you to look at it so had i gone through this movie without knowing the the with, with, without knowing what rosebud was at the end i would think it would it, it would have something to do with his second wife because the snow because the snow globe is there and it's the thing that he's holding when he drops it and it shatters this makes me at this point it makes me think of red letter media's thing too and it's weird that those are always going to be so tied so close in my brain is the Plankett Star Wars reviews and Citizen Kane. Because that's the thing that I learned about it is any story can be interesting depending on how you tell it. Yeah. That's something that I learned independent of the Plankett Star Wars reviews that gets brought up in the Star Wars reviews that then uses Citizen Kane as a case example for why, you know, you tell the story choosing to put a bunch of flashy effects in front of a face, but fundamentally all you're watching is characters talk to each other, walk back and forth, and then become CGI creatures who fling swords at each other. Mm. Or a character who does nothing but talk to people and builds his own empire and, and crumbles it and, and rots in his own castle on the, on his own legacy. And like, a sled and a snow globe are some of the most important images you look at. And it's the way that you tell a story is everything. Right. So your take on the, on the, the sled is one that I've heard before that it's the innocence of childhood Mm -hmm. that he was missing, but you can't stay a child forever. And obviously this is the most, one of the most academically like overbaked movies in history. So we're not going to say anything new here. Mm -hmm. But I always thought that the sled was, it's, it's sort of the same way I think of the top from Inception. It's, okay. it's, it's more about, you have watched a contained story of one person, but what about you, the person who just watched it? What does this mean about who you were, who you are, and who you're going to be? And I think that's the most powerful thing about showing a person's entire life being at the heights of privilege and at the lows of, of, you know, being taken away from your birth parents. Mm. Like he's not born into success, but then he is sort of put in a place where he has something to take advantage of. And then he uses it. And then he is smart and talented. And like, he's sort of everything. Okay. Like Charles, Foster Kane sort of represents the potential of every human individual, at least American. And I think the sled is like when you die, 
what are you going to have regretted? Okay. Because maybe what you cared about is sitting away in a storage room waiting for you to go, I don't like using this term, but play with it. Hmm. But when you die, it gets burned away. Another thing that this movie is is super progressive for is makeup effects. Yeah, uh, that was... I, I, I like the makeup effects, but uh, they I, I could also tell that they were makeup effects. So yeah. that, that was the one thing that kept me from from believing that uh, Charles Foster Kane was actually old. Because mm. it just looked like latex to me. The way he moves around that room and trashes that room is like, don't mess up the makeup. Like, <laughs> it's, it's very, that's, I think, the part that dates the hardest. Thank you all for listening. Again, we are This Film Not Rated, part of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network. You can follow me, Eric, at High Contrast FLM on Twitter. I am Curtis. You can follow me at 90sGamer407 on Twitter and on Twitch at Merrick underscore Tainment, where I do video game streamings every Tuesday and Thursday from 1130 to 2 in the morning. And every Friday from 1130 to 2 in the morning, I do an anime watch party. Uh, so if you're a fan of anime and you like talking about anime, come by. We can do that while we watch anime. Mm. All right. Thank you, everybody. What's your rosebud?